0: Hi, this is Betsy Beers. I'm the executive producer of Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder, and our new show, The Catch. And this is Shondaland Revealed, the official Shondaland podcast for the night that we and ABC and some other random people like to call TGIT. TGIT! Okay, now, guess who that was. Fuck, Guess who that was.
1: See if you can guess who these people are. So,
0: you guys. That's your number one. What would I don't, you, do? I don't <laughs> <laughs> you guys probably just watched the Scandal season finale. I'm hoping you all just watched the Scandal season finale because it was a mind bender of a season finale. And because the mind was so bent, We had to have two guests here today in order to make up one mind with two bent ones, I think. (laughs) (laughs) And we're incredibly, and that sounded gross, but I didn't mean it that way, because this is a clean, G-rated podcast, sort of. Oh, poo. (laughs) PG-13. First of all, of course, we have the delightful and now officially presidential candidate, Bellamy Young, who of course plays Melly Grant, Yay. yay. Congratulations on your victory. Why, thank you, Betsy. And I'm so glad that Fitz kind of came around and gave a decent speech. Because yeah. that other one kind of sucked Yeah, plus it's hard.
2: He just gets so up his own butt sometimes. He just was so <laughs> excited about himself. But to his credit, if you call him on it, he will pause
0: and grow. He just came bouncing back on that one, I think. He really did. He really did. I think maybe information he found out about Olivia might have had something a little bit to do with that, too. But you mm-hmm. never really know. You yeah. Never does. know. <laughs> never know how a man's mind works. No. But we have a man mystery. here to tell Let's us man. And that's Tom Verica. Oh, that's Tommy
2: Verica, Tommy Verica. <laughs> who of course
0: directed the season finale. He is our producing director on Scandal and you also might know him as Sam from How to Get Away with Murder. Sam. Who we killed about 800 times. He keeps coming, coming, coming back. Because I
2: think, we love Sam. He does. I think
0: more, he has more life than a lot of characters in Walking <laughs> Dead. <I> think, <laughs> or some series I've worked on. Or yeah. know, honestly. <laughs> I mean, I think they're just, what I love about our world is there's never been a flashback we didn't love. There's never been a oh, non-ordered delicious. storytelling. No, let's order ahead. a
2: wig and put on some tape and <laughs> tell a story and flashbacks. Now, I have constant
0: characters come up
1: to me who either die or they're being written off and they come back and they say, hey, I just want to thank you for this opportunity. You know, you guys have been good to me. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? You never die here. You'll be yeah. back. I don't You're care.
2: non-linear.
0: You'll be back. I was back. dead <laughs> as dead in the, in, the, in the first episode of a series. You were still... so dead. You were so dead. And we all got you made you take the job by saying oh, you're not going to be in it <laughs> <laughs> that's right I
2: remember I that it won't she's be a conflict true. it's no trouble <laughs> and now you're there's a little statue up Erica. for Mary
0: Howard our line producer who's out was like no 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 it's really it's okay I can <laughs> figure out the way to show. him it's really really good so today, for our special Chandelier Revealed Scandal Finale podcast, we have some special beverages. We have a delicious what? bourbon, mm-hmm. which is I think it's an honor of the bells. Hey, who tends to very often bring some moonshine, but today she let us bring some bourbon, and I just threw some tequila on the table too because you know, Grayson Anatomy's here. eight o'clock, and mm-hmm. there may be tequila involved. So you never know, right? <laughs> it could be it could be really good. Okay, you guys, that episode from the first thing we're like. Foley as Jake is like killing father-in-laws and you're just like, dude, you got to get out of this to, dude, I got to get out of this to... At the same point, this whole presidential nonsense is going on, yeah. and you need a running mate. Desperately. And you're directing your ass off. So mm-hmm. what the hell? <laughs> well,
1: yes. It's the rotating vice president who's yeah. pulling him for whatever their their specific needs, whether it's Papa Pope pulling his strings or live uh, you know, seeing everyone's kind of jumping on which horse will get them to the top for their their fight for power. And, uh, you know, this is, you know, it never fails the way this show seems to drop some bombs right at the end there to really yeah. give people the, wow, how did they do that?
2: Yeah. This table read was crazy because in as much as we could never have seen, I could never have seen Jake winding up on the bill with me. I mean, I really couldn't have seen Cyrus. I mean, that blew my mind.
0: That's pretty amazing. Yeah. I was actually having a conversation with a friend last week and there is a weird sort of precedent to this, which is Dick Cheney, apparently, who was put as the head of the commission by the Bushes to try to find the right vice presidential candidate and somehow or another, at the the end of the system, he was the right vice presidential candidate. So it's just, I just recently remembered that and I thought, you know, it's funny. I don't think it had anything to do necessarily with the plotting or it did, but... I always found that slightly delightful that somehow or another old crotchety Dick Cheney who I think lived with goat hearts in his pocket simply to stay alive. They were like candies. They were like candies. (laughs) He just slipped (laughs) them right in to keep that ticker going. Exactly.
1: But you're right, probably waited right until there was no other options and hey, jump in there. did Did away
0: with all other options. How long did he plan this, do you think? I guess I should ask somebody writer that really but, but looking at the character yeah. like what do you think I mean
2: the way it looks on his face as he's playing this episode out is that the dream was born when he found Frankie Vargas like it was his yeah. way back in because he was so on the outs with Fitz at that point and, and that his, was everything his, his relationship
1: bridges. with Fitz was everything to him and, everything. and I think yeah, yeah. I think seeing Frankie he saw you know if I hitch my wagon and I guess depending upon how sort of thought out it was to be actually have this that's the question that I think the Viewer will, yeah. will enjoy sort of wondering, you know, how much did he That's have? How specific did he know?
2: But he always felt like he made fits. Yeah. So I think he just thought he could do it again, at mm-hmm. this time. He wanted to be the part of history. He didn't want to be in the background. Yeah, because
0: I think it's, he's, and I mean, this sort of consistent feeling that he's been getting more and more and more frustrated about being in the background. Yeah. Yeah. So he's been doing more and more and more sort of vaguely outrageous things, yeah. I think, to push himself forward. Yeah. And with what we know about him, I mean, yeah. uh, that's TV I want to watch. I want to yeah, watch right? Jeff Man- I <laughs> want to watch him be like, bananas, just bananas. crazy balls. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> crazy balls. But I don't,
2: because I want Jake to be vice president, because
0: he's on my team. Yeah. Yeah. He's on your team, and I want to see you guys run your camp pink. That's yeah. good. That's that's going to be good. Now, Gee, um, when season five kicked off, did you have any inkling, either of you, that Melly was going to be the Republican nominee? No. No.
2: I mean, I. She's always dreamed it. It's always been her dream. I've always hoped mm-hmm. it for her. But I mean, I didn't know up to the last table read that Melly was going to be
1: nominee. Well, I mean, and, and as it became pretty evident that it was, you know, in our world, you never, you never you know never, that in the finale, know. that second
0: act, something might happen. Final table read. That's Josh Molina, little Josh Molina, flipping to the last page, making oh, sure yeah. he's Definitely. still in there. <laughs> Is, which, by alive. the way, Always. you guys, is a just a ritual. It's just a ritual. It Just
2: happened. The happens. final tailory, that <laughs> man if he's talking he's his, breathing.
0: His, his 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 little clams no. off no. that last page, no. <laughs> just to make no. sure. But it, you're right. I think in this world, you never really know exactly. Susan how Susan was been. also you're for something else to a come formidable
2: come candidate because sure. her yeah. honesty was yeah. so appealing. She really connected on a level that Melly has not been able to with the world. Well, it's just
1: being immersed in. Yeah, you're right. Being immersed in that world, that yeah. Susan was a fresh freshness yeah. until you know until we. Poison that, as we <laughs> reveal who screwed, she is and what her motives are. Screw that one. The up. koala thing really had a lot of traction. Oh, I People, I had so much, so much traction. Like People were
2: like, "What's the koala for thing?" Yeah. I wanted to do like a funnier Die about the koala <laughs> that thing.
0: That would be genius. Oh, That's I'd such a good it. idea. Now, are either of you slightly nervous now that Olivia seems to have totally gone to a place of the Terminator? With all due respect to the Terminator franchise and (laughs) (laughs) my friend Gail Ann Hurd, who I love. You know, the first Terminator, the one where he's like taking people down Terminator. Yeah. Yeah. Because that last scene is, I mean, she's on your team and I'm happy for you. But she's She's, thrown down the gauntlet. She's like cold stone. I mean,
1: She's her dad. I mean, that is, and that is, I think that's by design. It's just, she has become her, her father's daughter in a lot of ways. But yeah, what does that mean for who we We've known as this character for so many seasons that now if she starts to pick up a chair, you might you might want to back away a little bit. Yeah. She's uh, no, it's or whatever true. else she gets in her hand for that matter, you don't
0: know. Now, do you up. think that Rowan planned all this?
2: I think so, but I mean that's how it seems on his face. Right? Yeah. I just don't know if Jake was in on
0: it. I think interesting. I mean, he
1: is the he I think Rowan's been the puppet master uh, all the along. And master. whether he knew the specifics of it, I think he's probably able to navigate and switch gears and and use the pawns to get it. Ultimately, either the protection of his daughter but, mm-hmm. or to get his own power. But yeah, I mean, that's an interesting question about Jake, though. I mean, I, I felt that he's he's manipulated, you know, since we've seen a little bit of the Origins episode with them, he's been able to mold him and have him do whatever he wants. I mean, throughout this episode, I think what's great is Jake is constantly being torn between the two of them, and he really is the pawn that they're both using uh, as their chip, and, and they have at him, and uh, he really kind of is trying to figure out where his footing is.
0: Yeah, there's that amazing scene right near the end where he pretty much calls... Mm-hmm on her yeah which is super super chilling at mm-hmm. the same way cyrus all of a sudden turning around and taking michael back mm-hmm. i mean it's oh, just so God. cynical it's yeah. like poor tom well tom i mean how much we we're shooting I mean, that scene you know killed children and yeah no done some stuff in his time like it's amazing about the show to sit here and go like poor tom the guy who literally has, who's has, killed <laughs> who's like killed and also is sort of going like i could take him out it'll yeah. look like an accident yeah oh, no.
1: so desperate to want to yeah. You know. But just for acceptance, love. Just yeah,
0: love. yeah, yeah and it's—I mean—and then Cyrus has that really, really mean of mice and men thing oh, that was just like, that I mean, just where essentially he, he, cared he says, for a baby from Vienna oh, to yeah, Prague, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is such a funny idea.
1: Oh, I love that. <laughs> That's I that I funny.
0: love that. <laughs> to be—I mean, child terror. Okay, so from both of your points of view, can you give the fans a general idea of the prep and execution of what that Republican convention? <gasps> Because first what? of all,
2: it was crazy. Where did you guys shoot it? We shot it downtown at the Galen Center. The Galen Center, at at USC. our beautiful mm-hmm. like location set deck everybody, uh, our uh, Corey Kaplan who designs all our conceives and designs all mm-hmm. our sets. They transformed that whole room yeah. into a convention.
1: Yeah, we've with- had we had numerous meetings both down there and uh, with construction, with production design, we all huddled around a computer to make sure that we were all It was very important for us to figure out the logistics uh, of all the departments so that one what happens sometimes is one department will go down their road and then it bumps up against, against another department. So we put we basically build a three D model of whole space, so we can wow. see where the trusses are going to go, how we're going to light, where where does the DP need to get lights in, how can we design wise, how's that going to affect the design of the set? Coupled with just the sheer challenge of filling out that arena with visual effects, and we had numerous visual effects meetings. So, what sort of visual effects of did you do? Like, well, yeah, crowd so tiling. Many, we, yeah. we filled out, as you see in this episode, any one of those wide shots, basically we had 350 extras that we filled out that entire arena. So, we moved them once we finished tiling, is what we once we finished um, all the convention uh, scenes that we did with Bells and Tony and everybody else, there were a few of us who stayed there till 2 in the morning. I was
2: going to say, we left about 1. You guys were <clears> gone. I know. We gone. I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we
1: basically just moved. We have kind of a, a taped-off monitor, and... and we just move everyone from one section and say, all right, go up to this section. How long and that And we can take? see, that took us about, we did it less than two hours, which was really? extraordinary in, in so, real, to move them around that arena of 10,000 people.
0: So basically for the people who are listening, what you do is you photograph these people in every single place. And then we build in visual effects them in one room. Yes. So they're all, we just use 350 people, but it's like we've doubled them, tripled them, or quadrupled multiplied
1: them. multiplied to the exactly. whatever to get to get to achieve 10,000. So I guess and if you look you really, really, really carefully, you You could probably pick out people guys, in different sections, same exactly. person. Exactly. You yeah, if you were out, smart, you'd have
2: yeah. a Hawaiian shirt and yes. you'd have found yourself. But that,
1: we would have never put them in there because we know those <laughs> tricks. And someone who wore a hat, we might have removed <laughs> that hat and another one. And it was safe because it was red, white, and blue, so we can, yeah. you know, that's gonna be a safe, that's gonna be much easier, but.
0: Well, and you were doing, You only did one convention for this one because the other other nomination or the announcement of Cyrus was not in the right. convention center, it was just an announcement, right? Right. That's amazing. because There was,
1: I think the writers originally said, well, can't you just sort of double purpose that same stage? And I said, "That's you're never going to d- be able to differentiate, nor can we build anything to feel like it's different. So I pitched the exterior of this to make it more of a town hall, more, I said the contrast of those two visually will really be able to differentiate the different platforms of who they are. And Cyrus kind of had having his moment, a, a little smaller affair, still very big though, was something that we specifically went after to try to differentiate the two of them instead of just trying to double the, per- the same space.
0: That was a really nice moment because it was more believable to me that that announcement would be made because by the time you get to conventions, they're posters of both names, you know, usually. Yeah. They're huge, yeah. They're, they're huge and the nominated vice presidential candidate usually has vaguely been chosen by yeah. then. So there was something much more realistic about him standing up and saying. So well, we modeled a bit after
1: in. when o- when Obama named Biden and it was outside uh, this old historic oh, that's building. Cool which is kind of what we went after, but we knew it had to be nighttime, which I actually think helped us visually in, in hiding certain things. We didn't have to have the huge streets filled, but. Uh...
0: We have to be budget conscious about these things, and it is an amazing accomplishment what happens on the show. Amazing. With the budget that they very generously give us, mm-hmm. but I think our eyes are very often bigger than our stomachs. Well, they're
1: challenging, and, and we never want to sort of restrict our writers from their imagination. We want to sort of do every effort to pull that off, and that that is kind of what I enjoy about putting these together is to figure out how do we make this work. Cause this is sometimes- you make it
2: work in no time. I mean, it's yeah, just you, incredible what you, know, you pull off. It,
0: yep. it was a it's like a pretty big achievement. I mean, I think and that's it's a pretty Tom
2: Burka, got, You yeah. know, I mean, I swear, I think of him as our spine, our quarterback, He's, oh, yeah. uh, you here. know, it's for real. It's for real. Cause you have to have somebody both uh, virtuosically capable and also like nerves of steel and always affable. And he made it go so easily and so smoothly. And especially those finale episodes. Cause we're all tired. Mm-hmm. Everybody on in every crew department and, yeah. crew is exhausted, anybody behind the scenes is exhausted and probably we have less time than usual because we're up against it and And scripts get later and later
1: as the
0: season goes later and later and the other thing that happens is post meaning the period of time when we put in our music and the editing's Mm -hmm. done we get less and less time as the season gets closer to the end the number of days you have to post because the number of days you're shooting start to swallow up the number Mm -hmm. of days of post so up against your air date yes so so essentially if we have to air on that Thursday by the end of Season, we're very often.
2: I did ADR Monday.
0: There you go. Yeah. So, yeah,
2: yeah. So, in Italy, so yeah. So
0: just this past Monday, Bells was putting in her <laughs> her dulcet tones well, to we various scenes.
2: A we were changing our script point. Well, we,
0: scoring
1: yeah. was happening two days ago.
0: It was. Yeah. It was. We were you know, sitting and talking about music notes two days ago, and yeah. it just aired. Yeah. So that's. We called have to being, have somebody
2: with a big heart and an even hand, and Tommy was in charge. Oh yeah. Well, I think it's because I know that,
0: I know
1: the system, and I think there's, you know, throwing a new director into that would just be, and, and I, so I know all the movies. Oh, that parts. would be like so putting I think that's a new I mean.
0: waiter on the floor during the lunch rush. <laughs> <laughs> like the meanest, thing you, ever, rush, yes. exactly. the meanest <laughs> thing you can ever do. Exactly, it's the meanest thing you can ever do. And also props to our editors who yeah. did an incredible job on yeah. that. And I think yeah. it was sort of a group effort, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, Matt Pevick oh. and Matt Pevick oh. and Greg, Matt and Greg, Greg Evans, Evans. Both, uh, both, oh, both chipped in on this one because um, they just had to time. for
1: sure turning around. I mean, yeah. we finished filming Tuesday last week. So they were yeah. really so big. cutting as cutting as we were going, yeah. So we've oh, got fan amazing. questions for you guys.
0: Come on and bring it. Come well, on. What well. role? Before we get to fan <laughs> questions, I drink. just want to make sure. Drink. Attorney General. Drink. drink, drink. <laughs> I also just want to note that Tom today is wearing a lovely casual outfit. He's in a black t-shirt and he's wearing a pair of gray sweats with black stripes up the side, which means he is technically color coordinated. And in a, <laughs> in a, in a frightening move, he's wearing black socks and Matching grey and black sneakers.
1: I'm going to my son's baseball game.
0: <laughs> and he like he still looks good.
2: I was, and you look younger than ever. Uh, which sure, is super a little sleep freaking freaking and all of a sudden you're twelve years old again.
0: Like, it's like some weird, like he's constantly in a like weird flashback scene. And I'm, Perpetual. he's in like a Shondaland flashback and I'm perpetually in some future episode. It really pisses me off. I don't know how this worked out, but it blows. Um, Bellamy looks adorable in a little blue jean jacket. She's wearing an adorable little black jumpsuit with little kind of onesie. a I'm little a drawstring top. Sure. And she's got like, it is like a little jumpsuit with like little tight ankle things. <laughs> And silver shoes, you I guys. got these shoes for silver five bucks in
2: India on the street in New Delhi. They're Dude, they're, apart, so they're so they're cute. Cool. They're so cute. So now
0: you can picture the two of them. They, they look adorbs and they're sitting on the couch. And as Betsy's we, in
2: her Playboy bunny outfit. I'm in
0: my Playboy bunny <laughs> outfit, which I thought was super appropriate. So
2: for, she just came from a business lunch. So I did. And that's that. usually
0: what I eat. You know, I like to go out in the Playboy bunny you know, outfit because every once in a while reason. somebody asks me to serve a drink. <laughs> and I can do it. Because you have to do the bunny dip, uh-huh. which is something a lot of you are too young to know about. But essentially it means <laughs> it. you have to, like, be in very high heels. Gloria Steinem made this famous in an article. She went undercover, and she made this famous, and she had to learn how to do a bunny dip. And it means you have to stand in high heels and dip all the way down straight so your tail doesn't whoosh up oh. as you're serving cocktails. Yes. Yeah, so just keep that in perspective, all of you. If you're complaining about your job, <laughs> think about that for 10 seconds. Okay, so Bellamy. Yes, ma'am! There's some... There's some stuff here, like okay, Zoe yeah, at yeah. Walshy Pompeo. Hey, Zoe. So. Which I'd love. Was Walsh there ever a super serious scene that you couldn't film because you were giggling too much? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, a super she started. Series? She started giggling <laughs> right away. We are pretty good to keep the
2: giggling in the middle. I mean, on the sides. There have been a couple this... Carrie and I have gotten giggles this year for some reason.
1: You guys spent a lot of time this year together. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. But we mostly get through it. Or if not, then, you know, our editors cut around. (laughs) If you're giggling on someone else's coverage, which is the worst. Well, you've got a
1: chance to sort of really experience OPA this year, which... That's yeah. usually where that, that's a very yeah, fertile ground for right. the giggles coming out. So yeah. that's probably where a lot of that happened. Yeah, in her
2: office. Yeah. Always in Olivia's office. You just, there's just something in the air. They're pumping nitrous in there or something. <laughs> but yeah, I <laughs> in okay, the West Wing. it's, wing. it's so very, You guys are
0: always, that's where, at least so when have been giggly. there, it gets super freaking giggly. Yeah, West Wing is very the buttoned Yeah, OPA is lawless. It's Lawless. Now, Ashley, five at basically Bellamy. I want to ask Tom this question too, which is, if you could have any guest star in Scandal, who would it be and why? Ooh, Ashley,
2: I want Bill Clinton, because
0: that'd be awesome. Kind of, that's an amazing answer. Kind of, won't make that happen. Kind of, we should. Somebody yeah. somebody, just went to Washington. Can't you make a few
2: phone calls? I'll be there tomorrow. Okay, then. I'll see if I can't, like i off. Maybe
0: you could just pick up the phone. <laughs> say hello to Bellamy.
1: Kind of not following that up now, because... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, here you go. I'll follow up with this. How about Michelle Obama? She might hey! have some. She might have some time coming up. That, that's good. <laughs> you know, that's nice. there might be some time that's in the new nice. year
2: to come. That's what I and, uh... was going to say. We'll wait till like February. Mm-hmm. So,
0: Clintons and Obamas. Just remember, it's hanging on out there.
2: <laughs> yeah. it's, a, yeah, open <laughs> just, it's an open we'll invitation. we an open for you.
0: Something tells me if anybody contacted us, somebody might be jumping into action, and somebody there might be might a very be able make that special happen. episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like a very special episode. And now, it happened
1: here. We'll be able to go back to this moment right we're here. Right here.
0: Exactly. Now, um, a couple of different people wanted to know Casey Bridges and also, like, Fotini. At 23 Ophelia, what song do you think best describes Melly? Or what do you think her theme song is? What do you What do you think Oh, Well, is? I think
2: Melly had the whole lemonade this year. Do you know what I mean? I think she really, really did. It was wow. nice. You're welcome, Beyonce. You know, <laughs> nicely done, on writers. I just, I, yeah, I feel like, because she and Fitz, there's so much between them now. Like, they just went through the whole thing. But then once you're through it, you're on the other side of it. I think you
1: could fit that whole sort of visual album I in the scene it. that you guys had tonight Ooh. with the kind of what you went through and, and, and
0: trying to figure out and play, oh go back and forth.
2: All right, Ness, oh, yeah. you're out there. You, yeah. If anybody can cut See, this, it, you
0: this can. Is, this is good. Um, Charlotte Sparkles at 1999 Charlotte wants to know, what's your advice to people who struggle with confidence? Um, mm. Any advice would really be helpful. Like if you have a hard time with confidence, what do you guys think?
2: I, that is, I am, I am, that is, I, I, think, have we all played. Played I think we all suffer from lack yeah, of confidence. Yeah.
0: That's, we can all identify with that. Uh,
2: first, just accept. That mostly everyone is second-guessing themselves all the time, especially the people who pretend the most that they aren't So have compassion not just for yourself, but for everybody else and then I don't know, you know, what works for me Charlotte you angel is meditation because that gets me uh, Centered and a little less ragged in my brain so I can really hear what my heart wants And Mm -hmm. then uh, I can kind of move forward authentically, but just love yourself
0: Kim at Scandal Fan wants to know, Tom, what kind of scene is the most difficult to shoot mm. as a director?
1: Uh, I, I think the ones that are the ones that are most exciting and fearful are the ones that usually turn out to be the, the biggest pendulum of success and failure. And that is either a sex scene that is more interpretive and, and up to you to kind of really visually write that language, or the mundaneness of an action sequence that there's mm-hmm. so many parts to it that sort mm-hmm. of go against the organic nature of, uh, mm-hmm. of ebb and flow of, uh, of what's happening between two characters and, and a dynamic. Uh, those tend to be very challenging. And then anything that has sort of the, what everyone sees as the, oh my God the best scene ever before you shoot it. Because then the bar has been set so high, it's it's like a book. You know, you read a great book and, and you, we all have our own individual take of what a, a particular scene means to us. And it's phenomenal because it's, you know, your own experience and your own path mm-hmm. has informed that. And then when somebody does something, if mm-hmm. it isn't how you imagine it, you're like, oh, no, I thought it'd be more like this, or I thought it'd be better like this, or they didn't focus, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, those are uh, kind of hits in, in each of those areas that that tend to be most challenging.
0: See, I think, yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense, and I just always feel like directing's really hard, but now you've shadowed Tom, right?
2: I have. We had a couple mm-hmm. of
0: questions about that. Kim yeah. Scandal fan and Fotini wanted to know, like, what was that like when you shadowed Tom directing?
2: It was unbelievable. Darby also shadowed year, and we, we've had a lot of, well, we had Scott direct, but a lot of our cast is mm-hmm. trying to get a little uh, more educated on that Not side smart. of mm-hmm. things. I'm always watching the director, because I don't know why. It's always riveting to me. But to shadow Tommy was so educational and inspiring. It was last year's finale, so it was also really harrowing, because everything was last minute yeah. and uh, bigger than even usual. And it really dropped my jaw in terms of uh, the scope of what all has to happen. Because as an actor, the machine is made to insulate you. So it's very, very important that you take the step to go outside of the machine. But also, it was so sort of, I could cry now thinking about it beautiful, getting to really, really watch everybody else do their job. Because also as an actor, you get very, you know, caught up in, oh, I want to do this on this line or whatever.
1: When you're focused, you're focused on... You stay on your track. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. But, you know, having Steve Frakel, like, teach me how to use the crane or, like, watching Corey Kaplan have to come up with nine prison sets in 48 hours. (laughs) Or, you know, like, just really... Watching everybody make magic happen, like manifest a reality that did not exist before, it was overwhelming and so beautiful. It, I recommend it. Anybody out there that has an interest, pursue that interest because it there's just nothing like it. Yeah, you're like it's like godly. You're making things. It is.
1: You know, you become a manager of a team basically, mm. um, and then you, hopefully you're able to articulate what your vision is of that, your your specific point of view of how you get that, and the more I find the more you communicate with people, that they can bring their their game, and it's only going to make you look better. Mm-hmm. But
2: uh, <clears throat> and the more clear you are on your vision, because that's the most that's, I think that's yeah. the thing that makes everybody else fearful as well. Well, that's, that's what that's exactly waffle. right.
1: And and you know we we all see as as I learned we, you know my best training for directing was being an actor on series television because you see many different styles coming through, mm-hmm. and we. And I think we, we, you know, whenever a director shows up day one, you are immediately assessing: Okay, does this person know what they are? They clear on what they want? Can I trust them? Do they? Do I like their ideas? Because if one does fail on, on each of those cylinders, you pretty much make the quick decision: of like, oh my god, we're on our own here. Save yourself. And that happens. Yeah, I mean, Save it just yourself. it does happen. We really work to not have that, and that's why I think actors, actor directors in, in particularly television, make really good directors, is because they will always honor they will always be keyed into the moments and the scene and what it's about mm-hmm. we have such a fantastic team of technical people who ah, can bring ah. all the rest of that concert together and and, and make it all go
0: um, okay i've got i've got a final question for both of you guys i we do just... want to
2: interject before the final question yeah. that i would like to amend my favorite guest star of next season answer to include tom berka
0: oh. <laughs> that would actually just be great to me. wouldn't it <laughs> Yeah, very confusing well, well very that's confusing. for mary that mary can Is be that confused <laughs> I think it's like, uh, his I know, name, yeah, his, his I name like oh, is. Aw, thanks,
1: Belle. I
2: would just like to include that his going on. A is. love
1: interest of Melly as she. <laughs>
0: <laughs> his name is Graham.
2: It's
0: very confusing. He had a twin brother who died in an accident. Exactly. And he fights Marcus. And he fights Marcus. It's like oh, Marcus, wow. Marcus for Marcus. Melly's affection. <laughs> Marcus, my gosh, it's Yay. getting Yay. hot in here. So many More men, purpose. so little time, bells. Oh my God. Okay, the question is, Monica at TGI Tears is, what has been your best failure? What do you think in your lives was something you failed at that you feel like helped you grow and change?
2: I was just in D.C. last week and walked by the National Theater there and remembered getting fired off my first job. (laughs) And I mean, I failed at that real, real big. (laughs) I was just really (laughs) failed at that. It was the uh, pre-Broadway national tour of My Fair Lady, the Richard Chamberlain My Fair Lady. Oh, my God. And I've been hired to... I've been hired to cover Eliza, but then like something had happened and Melissa Erico had lost her voice and so everything had changed. And so I was covering Eliza and swinging, which mean I covered everybody in the... Yeah,
1: you, you had to know all the Do You parts. know what
2: I was bad at? Swinging. I can't dance. I can't <laughs> dance like that. They were like tumbling and doing trapeze. Like I it yeah. was... It was I was not meant for me, but I'd never been fired from anything, and it crushed me. Mm. It was so humiliating, and they had to send me home, you know, because we're on the road and I didn't have a home, and I had to go back to New York. Oh, and I was gosh. devastated. But it was the best thing in the world because it was not the Usually, path. your biggest failure is path. the best thing to happen to you when I it went was back, I got a soap opera, I was yep. really happy, it was, all good. Like, it was fine. Yeah, yeah, path. yeah. But I thought in the moment that I was going to just immolate.
1: Yeah. What about you? Uh, business school. I <gasps> failed, yeah. Business school. I went away to, you know, coming out of high school, wasn't sure what I wanted. I think I've always, like, oh, I always thought acting was cool, but I didn't know anybody. And I was like, well, that's, that's just a fairy tale. So I went away to college for business for a year, and much to my mother's dismay, initially, <laughs> I said, I, I I can't do this anymore. I don't want to go through four years of this, and I don't want to waste your money. And they ultimately became very uh, supportive, but were not immediately happy with my decision to go into the entertainment industry. And I'm kind of glad I did now. Well, what
2: was the moment in business school, and how did you know it was entertainment that you wanted to go to?
1: Well, I, I think that that kind of seed had been planted. You know, I was I always loved movies, and I've always, I've always been impacted by them since my earliest memories. I was not, I don't think I was clear in articulating what it was, or that I wanted a career in that and I think sort of going with the flow with all the fish that were going away to school and college I'm like well I guess a business degree you can always have a business degree and as soon as I got there I knew it was a mistake but I tried I tried and and I just uh, it just wasn't for me so there was a very clear point that I remember sitting down with my parents and saying I I don't want to go back to school next semester and and uh, there was silence and and it very quickly turned into tremendous support of saying follow and do what it is that you want, because you're going to, you're not gonna have any, if you don't do what you wanna do now, you're gonna regret for the rest of your life. So, the hell with it, just uh, forget business, and what do you wanna get into acting? Let's make some calls. My father Aww. started helping me out with this, you know, the Walnut Street Theater in Philadelphia. Yeah. So I called there, and yeah. studied, started studying there, and that's kind of how it all started.
0: Your parents are
2: such sweeties. Aww. See? <laughs> no, that's, that's a good, a good story. story. My
1: father's always asking, how's that Bellamy doing? I love your dad <laughs> He loves you.
0: But who love you? Oh God, <laughs> Monica,
2: that was a good question. Thank oh. you.
0: Thank you guys so much for doing this and taking time away from your hiatus, which oh. has just started like five seconds ago. No, now mm-hmm. we're sad. We're so are so, so sad. Be here. We're going to just sit in
2: your office and watch it's you work. So much
0: fun. Oh yeah, and that's by the way riveting for everybody <laughs> out there. Just I'll pick up How the phone we and finish put it down. This down entire bottle. And and it was amazing. <laughs> that don't was have crazy. To know that, Tom. <laughs> oh, Jeez Louise. <laughs> um, okay, like next week is the Grey's Anatomy season finale, which is going to be amazing. That's on Thursday, May 19th. It's called Family Affair, Uh-oh. and that's at 8 o'clock on season ABC. Season 35. It's amazing. Season, <laughs> I know, it's incredible. It's like, we've been on since 1852, <laughs> and it's been incredible. Bread yeah. was five cents, and before it's the crossover. war. crossover. We're still StarCrobs, like, right? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Thomas referring to our fabulous new yes. pilot. We're waiting to see if it's going to get picked up. Um, you heard on it here, The I Catch, it we have a two-hour season finale next week. The Catch... It's a great time to catch the catch, because you get two full hours, and you can actually catch up pretty quickly. I'm using catch as many times as I can in a (laughs) sentence, just so it'll get in your head. Um, Leslie Nichol, do you know her from Downton Abbey? She's a fabulous chef from Downton Abbey. I mean, incredible. And Anir Vidalis from My Big Fat Greek Wedding Center. Oh, Wedding's sure, yeah. Um, and it's this really, really, really fun season finale, you're not going to believe what happens to Alice and Ben. It's pretty freaking crazy. So that's going to be on at 10 o'clock Ooh. on ABC on Thursday night. No,
2: 9 o'clock it must be. It's well, two actually, hours. Well, actually, you're
0: right. It's two hours. And if I actually listened to myself or read anything Whatever. that was in front of me, no I might know what I was I'm doing here for a do living. I'm to do math for you. Next year, Bellamy Young will be doing the podcast <laughs> for Scandal and revealed because I'm the don't, programming for ABC. I exactly, because I don't know my foot for my elbow. My uh, yes, indeed, that will be a two-hour season finale that starts at 9 p.m. and then continues through 10 p.m. up till that 11 o'clock point where you're allowed to turn off your television unless, <laughs> of course, you want to watch local news, which is totally up to you. <laughs> Thanks again to EW.com for posting an exclusive first listen to the podcast every Thursday night. Thanks, EW. And thank you so much, EW. We love you, EW. And you can subscribe to this podcast at iTunes.com backslash land where each new podcast episode is available on Friday evenings. I'll be back next week with another Shondaland Revealed podcast. Our season finale, you guys, of the Shondaland podcast. You're going to get a break from this droning voice for what a couple of months, which will be no. phenomenal for you. No. And I will miss you oh, because surprise. I won't have any friends. But <laughs> that's why I'll be coming back next week. So until then, it's Betsy Beer saying stay safe. Be talking to you soon. Woo. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you, guys. Thanks.